0: Small doses, self help from the hip. Small doses, we're talking that shit. Small doses, and keeping it real. Small doses, with me and Miss It's so funky. <laughs> Welcome, well, guys. I get a lot of requests for different topics, and this was one of them. Side effects of not having children. Kiddos, babies, offspring. Some might even say heirs, you know, who's going to inherit your Instagram following when you pass on, (laughs) you know, things of real value. Um, This is an interesting topic because it's one that I wouldn't have thought of like just myself, I feel like. And I think it it can be spoken to, and we're gonna address it on a couple of different levels, you know, specifically what it means as a woman, specifically what it means in society, you know, to have kids, to not have kids, expectations, and also just clearing up some of the um, misperceptions that people have for those of us who don't have kids or who haven't had kids yet or who feel like they're not interested in having kids. So, you know, let's get into it. And I think what I'm really excited about. About with this episode, is that no matter what side of the conversation you're listening to this from, you, you gonna get, get some, some new shit, shit that you just didn't think, think about? Because I don't think um this gets talked about a lot because there's a certain level of taboo associated with it, and also it's odd that I pronounce associated associated like I was singing the song, gotta keep them separated. (laughs) Of course, Brendan was on that immediately. You gotta keep them separated, associated. (laughs) And if I remember, that is a song about drugs. I remember it being two things juxtaposed that didn't naturally, like you may have thought if you just heard that part that it's like, oh, like keep drugs and alcohol separate. But I think it was like church and state maybe or or like cereal and orange juice. That's what it was. It was gun violence. It was you got to keep the guns and the kids away from each other. You, you got to keep them separated. separated. Eh, 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 eh. But also cereal and orange juice. Got to keep that separated. Yeah. So just keeping you up to speed on your 90s alternative rock. Let's get into this gem drop. Paraded. Paraded dropping jam dropping jam dropping we dropping on these hoes so today's jam dropping is nature versus nurture now typically this comparison is made in regards to like our upbringing and what determines how we turn out is it because of just the nature of who we are as a person like is it our soul our spirit or is it a nurture situation where like our conditioning and the surroundings around us are what shaped us into this person just a side note i personally believe it's a bit of both you know, I feel like you've been here before, you know, there's only maybe a couple new souls, but I feel like you come with the old one, you're nurtured into some other new shit or whatever. Right. But that's a whole other episode because, you know, Rebecca sings. I have a lot of Wawa going on. What do you call it? Woo-woo. Wawa is an actual uh, convenience store that sells sandwiches. Uh, my mom is really about their sandwiches. But I digress. I digress. We're gonna talk about nature versus nurture in the context of women having children because there's many that say that it is natural for women to have children and that there's certain that there's a certain level of unnatural to women who don't want to have children, and there's individuals who say that women are natural nurturers, and that if you don't have that instinct, that that is unnatural. Well, I feel like both of these things are really important elements when it comes to talking about this whole idea of not having children, because there's really folks that will say that a woman's role is to have children, that's why she has a uterus. Now, I think there's something to be said for the fact that, okay, yeah, but not all uteruses work. So, even if that's your argument, so if my uterus doesn't work, I'm not, like, naturally a woman. Like, you make me feel, you make me feel, you make me feel kind of like a natural. I mean, is that what the song becomes now? Because I think that's bullshit. bullshit. You know, people come up with all of these, like, very... Bottom line, um, black and white explanations for things, and they love to use science as the reasoning for why, and biology for the reasoning for why, and the the, the reality is is that biology and science actually are explanations for a lot of things and also always keep open the idea of variables. There's always anomalies within science. There's always understandings that there's a control, but there's also variables. These things are real. So when we talk about what is natural as it relates to women and wanting to have children, I think that it's important to acknowledge the fact that it is natural for a woman to have a choice about whether, She wants to have children. And that is really, to me, where we should be having that conversation. It is natural for humans to have different ideas about what is best for them, about things that are fitting for their identity. And I think when we consider these like overarching uh, expectations based on biology and nature, we're not considering the other elements of biology and nature that relate to humans. And And while we're we're at it, it, so... What about men? Like, there's men who are shooting blanks out here. Does that mean that they are not like a natural man because they can't reproduce, they can't make, make an heir? No, that's bullshit. Like, they're a person who has value in the world, and perhaps they're not gonna bring a person into the world, but they can be absolutely helpful in nurturing the individuals who are here, which brings us to nurture. And this idea that all women are nurturers, women are nurturers, women have to be nurturers. I think that sometimes, you know, we see, like, mothers who are not really, like, the best at nurturing their kids, and we we shame them, right? Because we're like, how, how can you not know how to nurture your child? How can you bring a child into the world and not know how to nurture them? And I've had some thoughts about this because, like, my dad is not a nurturer, and, like, I don't know how you can... I, like, I, like as a kid, you think, like, as someone's child, you're like, how can you bring a child into the world and, like, not want to nurture them? I think some people are just not nurturers. They're just not. I mean, I think that there's something to be said for people who are malignant, you know, because it's one thing to not be a nurturer. It's another thing to be harmful or to be neglectful. I think that's another thing. I mean, I think there's something to be said about being conscious of the fact, like, I'm not a nurturer, which means I need to put my kid in the hands of nurturers, which is why you get people who put up kids for adoption, who are just like, I'm not... I'm not going to be the best parent to this person or people who decide they want to terminate a pregnancy because they're like, I don't even have the means to nurture this person into the world in the way that they need to. And I don't consider that to be like unnatural. And I don't consider nurturing to be considered in one shape, way, or form either. I think there can be a lot of different ways that nurturing goes down. You know, I think some people th- consider it to simply be like this warm. When you think of nurture, you think like of Mary Engelbrit drawings and like uh, Ann Getty's baby photos and like apple pies and quilts. You know, you think of quilts and you think of like you know, cheering kids on at Little League games and like, Grandma! And <laughs> just like, that's what I think of when I think of nurturing, like like a like a mom leaning down with her hands around the kids' shoulders, like, you can do it, Jimmy. And I think that nurturing, um, though, comes in like a lot of different forms. I mean, I was nurtured into the disciplined like person that I am, not by people who were warm at all. I was actually nurtured by people who were like, about that yelling life and it was really about got that, that life. life it was there was a lot of yelling going on in my youth and that got me to be the kind of person who is like I want to get things done so that I don't get yelled at because then I yell at myself. And I'm I'm not not necessarily necessarily saying that's that's like the best best tactic, tactic, but it's it's been been very effective effective for me. me. And I got to say this, the side effect is that it turns you into a yeller. But in hindsight, I feel like it's been a lot easier for me to work on my yelling than it would have been for me to work on being somebody who is disciplined and self-motivated. So thanks for the yells, guys. Um, it's taken me 37 years and therapy to get there, but thanks. Appreciate you because yelling is necessary sometimes. Okay. There's a lot of men that need to be yelled at. There's a lot of men that aren't getting yelled at that need to be yelled at by the way, men specifically. Cause I know a lot of moms who are like, I never yell at my son because I don't want to discipline him because the world is not, the world is disciplining him. And I'm like, fuck, fuck that. that. You should you have been yelling at I your son. That. Cause maybe then he wouldn't be here wasting my mother fucking time. But I digress. Nature, when it revolves around women and reproduction, I feel like we get too caught up in what we have decided nature's role is. The same way we love to decide what God wants. The same way we love to put words in animals' mouths. (laughs) That's That's not not the the same same thing, thing, but you you know know what what I mean. mean. Um, You know, like sometimes we'll be like, are they going to be friends? As if like cats have the same emotions as we do. (laughs) Like, no, if I open this door, Lando is not going to be friends with this cat. He's actually going to fight this cat. That's what's going to happen. They may become friends, but right now, they're going to scrap. That's probably how I got this scratch on my neck. All right. Nurture. I think nurturing is really about nurturing your individual self to understand how best you can serve this society. And you have to be able to know I'm not a nurturing person so that you don't waste some kids' time by bringing them into the world and having nothing to give them. Too many people do that shit, you know? And they feel forced to do it a lot of times because society tells them it's unnatural not to. Fuck that. Rewrite the book. DMT. We're serving it. All right, these DMTs. I'm 30, and I look around, and all my friends are having kids. I noticed that it's changed the dynamic in our relationships, kind of like what your character Tiffany was experiencing, but the opposite. That's on Insecure. This season my character was pregnant and there was a lot that that created in terms of like just dynamic changes between her and the the other women in their friend group, you know, Issa, Molly, and Kelly, who don't have kids. And because of that, I was in a scene where I cried in the car. And just to be clear, I did cry real tears because that, is acting. Hespian! Acting! Genius! Shout out to everybody who understands that reference. Okay. Have you, as someone who doesn't have children yet, and a close friend who's had kids, had to work to keep your friendship alive? On a previous episode, I talked about how, like, me and a friend actually... Um, had a falling out, not only because of her wedding, but because of her choice to tell like certain people in the friend group about her pregnancy and not tell me. Um, But I would say that I haven't had any like super duper close friends who have had kids. Um, I think really like I, I have friends who have had kids and from day one made it their business to be like, I'm not going to let this get in the way of my friendships because I see the value of my friendships in being important to my kids, right? So I have friends like that. But I've never had to deal with that. But uh, but in playing the character on Insecure who did have to deal with that, it's so common. And I've had so many people reach out to me uh, on Instagram and on Twitter, et cetera. And in person who have said, and, and men and women, and women not, not just, just women, women, who have said, you know, thank you for... Uh, portraying that dynamic with such honesty because it really can feel very lonely where, like, you're simultaneously bringing this miracle into the world and it just feels very, like, uh, larger than you. But then, like, on a basic note, you're just like, damn, I really am like departing from a space that I've exhibited that I've inhabited um for quite some time and you know will this new space bring me as much fulfillment as my old space with my friends did and I can I can only imagine like how disconcerting that may be because it's so much change happening at one time right it's just an incredible amount of change happening at one time I mean I've had friends who switched up for having a dog I've had that happen. Like they get a dog, and and all of a sudden they don't know how to act. I've had friends switch up for losing weight. Um, they lose weight, and then all of a sudden they're like, "I'm too skinny for you." You know, I've had that happen. I had a friend switch up for for plucking her eyebrows, but I've never had a yet yeah. mm-hmm. high, high school Tara. Yeah. Um, but I've never had a friend who switched up except for this last friend, and it was crazy because it was like the switch up happened before she even had the baby, so that was wild too. But I, I think at this point in my life, at this age, and if any of my friends got pregnant and had a child, I think that we are old enough at this point to have a certain level of adjustment and to see the tribe in it all and to see the value in like managing um their friendships. And 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 us who don't have kids also understand, I think, in a more real way, like the space and the uh the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not forgiveness, but like the the leeway that you have to give your friend who's like bringing a whole new person in the world. You know, like there's a certain grace that you got to give to that, which was lost in Kelly's character on Insecure, who's just like, this baby's coming between me and my friend. It's like, what type of insane person are you? Like, she's having an entire person. Like, that's a physical that's literally like a physical thing coming between your friend. Like she just has a girth now. So I think a lot of it just has to do with um, giving grace and on both parties, on both sides and understanding that that change is natural. And it's and, and that change is going to be necessary because the reality is, is that they do have a whole other person that they have to care about and you're no longer a priority to them in the same way. On the same token, just because you have a new person you have to care about doesn't mean you get to be inconsiderate of other people's time. Because that's the other thing that people with kids love to do is they love to be inconsiderate of your time and blame it on, well, well I, I have, have kids, kids you wouldn't understand. understand. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not. There are shit that, there's shit that comes up, but that happens to everybody. And so everybody understands that shit comes up. But what I don't go along with is that just because your shit is your kid, it doesn't make it okay for you to have no respect for my no kid time. <laughs> okay. All right. But I, just, to, just to continue with that, I definitely feel like there's a lot, there. there is like a lot of people who will try and make you, make you feel like your life isn't as valuable because you don't have kids or that your time isn't as valuable because you don't have kids. Like that's a real thing. You know, like, oh, I mean, uh, you know, she doesn't have kids, so she has time and it's like what I've decided to spend my time on is still valuable to me, okay? And if I decide to spend my time on, like, my self-care and, like, I need to get away or whatever, like, that doesn't mean that it's less important just because it's not, I'm spending my time, you know, going to a Backyardigans festival. Um, It's just we're we've made different choices with our time and with our lives. And I think we have to just be respectful of that and not like devaluing someone else's time. Like, even if like you're spending your time on going to like world wrestling federation matches or whatever, or world wrestling entertainment matches or whatever, like, yeah, I think that is like a complete waste of time for For me. me. But if that's what you choose to do and you're still an accountable, responsible person, who the fuck am I to judge you? Like you're not hurting anybody if you're now if you're using your time to like fight for gun rights uh, in a country that continues to see guns be the the reason why so many lives are being taken unnecessarily you're you wasting, wasting your fucking, fucking time. time. Okay? OK, so and if you are using your time to fight for gun rights while giving your child a gun, which we've seen that, then you are double wasting everybody's time. And I will absolutely judge the shit out of you. Next question. Not that you care if I judge you, but you should because I know. At what age will people accept that women actually don't want to have kids and stop saying, you'll change your mind when you meet the right man? Girl! That is so real. That is so real. That somehow this this penis is going to be so persuasive That it pricks my pituitary gland into like popping back into adolescence. And I'm just like, you know know what? what? I I do want to make a human human with you. You know, I I think that there is definitely like some truth to the fact that sometimes your mind changes when you get into new situations about literally anything. But I think that it can be very... um, just like demeaning almost like and dismissive to a woman to to suggest that like oh like love is gonna make you decide that you actually want to take on this be a myth undertaking um that lasts your lifetime you know and like you wanna you you want to spend nine months with an alien inside of you like I love moms who are so honest about the process like I remember my friend Roberta when she was pregnant she was like oh yeah I mean I have like an alien that's like sucking the life away and uh, every day of my life and i'm actually you know gonna have to when the alien is born love it unconditionally and i will do that because that's the way it goes but like is that happening 1000 and i appreciated that because i thought she was going to be the time a mother who was like i you know pregnancy just it 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 becomes me it um it's my natural state and she was like yeah no this is like pure trash i mean it's beautiful I mean, it's like beautiful, but it's a beautiful mess. My other friend had her home, she had a baby. And when she had the baby, she was like, Yeah, we're just like hanging out, getting to know each other. She's like, I mean, like, I like know him, but like not like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was like, yes. Thank you. My other friend, Autumn, when Autumn had her second child, this is not even her first child, her second child. She had a cesarean and she said that she was, I think I may have told the story and I'm gonna tell it again because I love it. She was in the cesarean. They were getting ready. It was a lo- It was an emergency cesarean. So they're moving fast. They're moving and grooving. Everyone's moving and grooving, moving and grooving. She's on the table. They're about to put the mask on her face and she stops them. And she's like, hold up because when I take this fucking mask off after I wake up, there'll be a whole other person in the world that I got to give a fuck about and that's going to be completely dependent on me. So let me just gather my shit for a second. Before we do this. And then she said she just took a second. And then she was like, all right, hit it. (laughs) And, you know, she woke up. She had the baby. And then, like, you know, two weeks later, she came to the house with the baby in the carrier. And she walked into my apartment and put the baby on the the couch, stepped back, and was like, look at that. Am I right? (laughs) And I did. It was so great because it was her second baby. It wasn't even the first one. It was just like, I did it again wow wild stuff wow and crazy stuff that's crazy so um i think that uh it's always dope like when people are real about like what it is to have a baby because for those of us who may have decided that we don't want to have children it is very real to us it is very real that my cervix is going to have to open up to let a watermelon sized human squeeze out of it. That's very real to me. Have you watched Ali Wong stand up? It's very real that you may have to wear a diaper after. That then you got to birth a placenta. You have to have give birth twice. It's very real that you might have an episiotomy where they literally cut your shit. Then they got to sew it back up. That's very real. Okay? It's very real that you can damage nerves that make it possible for you to never have an orgasm again. It's, it's very, very- Real, Yeah, Rebecca, you didn't know that. Now you know it. Watch the movie. This is 40. They're telling the truth. It's very real. All these things are real. Okay. And we're not in fields giving birth, the most of us. We're not in bathtubs giving birth, most of us. A lot of us are just like, okay, I'm supposed to go to the hospital and do this. Like there's like, there's become so many ways to give birth that you don't even necessarily know which is the right way or the best way. But what I will tell you is that after you give birth, you have a whole other set of shit that you got to do with this kid you got to make play dates you got to make lunches you got to make costumes you got to give out candy at halloween you got to get along with the parent some way somehow you got to find a way to parent if there isn't another parent some way somehow you got to make sure that there's people in the world to take care of this baby if somehow you are no longer able to do so there's a lot of shit All right? So if someone says to you, I've decided not to have children, don't try and tell them that some man is going to come along that's going to magically make all of those realities not a reality anymore. And I know that the thought process is, no, but then you'll have someone to help you with all those realities. And that's what's going to make you feel strong enough to go into it. And I hear you, and that's very like non-Jane austen y of you because Jane Austen would never write something like that. But I think, uh, just err on the side of Caution that, like, this is somebody who's thought about it and it's not your place to try and debunk it. Next question. These are great questions. You guys are so fucking smart. You be knowing. You do be. How do you reconcile with the possibility of not leaving a legacy to be carried on? And if that isn't an issue, are there any other perspectives that make these matters as an artist less pressing or overwhelming to think about? Well, I mean, especially in the context of an artist, I think that, you know, the legacy... Is not necessarily in the human, but in the art, um, and I think that that's actually a, a place that a lot of artists come from. There was this great interview with Ava DuVernay in Vulture, where she talked about, you know, what it is to be an artist and that she has decided not to have children. And she says, you know, there's all these seeds I want to plant. I don't have children. I'll never have children by choice. But to be able to say something in this film to children of all ages, and she was to referring to A Wrinkle, wrinkle in Time, time. She, uh, she, they say she trailed off then found her voice. It was irresistible to me. And she goes on in that interview, and I'm paraphrasing, to say that, she does create even though she may not be creating life in the form of a human she's creating life in the form of art and she does and, send, and then people will argue well, well yeah, yeah but, but then you then, know you don't you want to create a, a human and see it grow? grow and it's like but when we create art we do get to see it grow you know we put it out into the world and we see how people interact with it we see how it interacts with other art we see how it makes us you know create more things so there is something to be said for that my father though he's a piece of trash does have a lot of good stuff to say sometimes when he is not being expected to be a parent. And I've asked him one time about, um, like, why is it that I can see the future? Because I have, like, a clairvoyant and psychic abilities. And he was like, well, parts, partially it runs in our family, but also it has a part to do with you being an artist. And, you know, I, I talk about my father being trash a lot of times because he was and he is. But I will say this. I wish that he wasn't, so whack not necessarily because like oh I would have had a better upbringing because my mom did a great job but because when he says things like I'm about to say you see the glimmer of brilliance in him and you're just like oh man I wish that you were tolerable enough For me to get to experience this brilliance in a much higher quantity, but thank goodness that I got the brilliance within me because I give it out in a much higher quantity than you were able to give it. (laughs) See how I flipped that? But no, really though, it would be dope because this was really great what he said. And he was like, listen, artists create from nothing, which is very godlike, And there is something to be said for being able to create something from nothing. And it is something that a lot of people cannot fathom. Because they don't do that. And so it's a lot of the reason why a lot of artists are the ones who get persecuted because they're doing something that a lot of people cannot simply consider outside of having a baby. And so I think that a lot of people who aren't artists can't really consider, like, what it takes to make art and put it out into the world and how that can feel um, maybe not physically the same way as having a child, but the worry attached to it the 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 uh anxiety attached to it the the feeling of something that is a part of you being no longer in your control like what that means you know when it when your art is very personal to you it does exist in that way in a certain sense and so i think that that's what that is and as far as legacy goes um i think that there's other you know, ways to to extend your legacy beyond just like a human form. And even if you want, and if it does need to be a human form, I think there's adoption is a very real thing. And I think that there's also the understanding of connecting with other, um, other children that may certain, like if they're not fostered by you in a, in a technical sense, they're fostered by you in a connection. You know, that's what the boys and girls club and you know, the big brother, big sister, connection is all about and mentoring, you know, like there's always that. There's mentoring somebody who may not have come from you in the flesh, but you may connect to them in a way that's that is um like a similar parent-child connection, you know? And I've had that with certain people on the mentor side and on the mentee side. And um as an artist, I mean, no one is... There's no blanket statement for any of this, right? Like, I always just try and throw things out there that can be something that might connect to you, you know? Like, this might connect to you, that might connect to you, this might connect to you. For me, Amanda, personally, I speak from the same place as Ava where I feel like I am giving so much creatively and of myself to the world on a regular basis, whether it's artistically or even this podcast or even my Instagram that... um I just at this present time in my life, I just can't imagine having the bandwidth to give to a person the way that they deserve to be given to. And I do feel like there, if I am supposed to have a child, that there's a world in which things just align and allow me to be able to make the adjustments to be able to give to them. But y'all, that's the same reason I don't have a dog. I literally don't have a dog because I don't feel like I have enough bandwidth to give to them fairly. We have had a great time on this episode. I mean, I kind of didn't know where it was going to really go. Uh, I think that the real key when it comes to like these these DMTs in particular is what was really interesting to me about them is that we I didn't want to do the typical DMT, which is the one that I knew I was going to get, and I did get a lot of, which is like, how do you feel bad about not having kids? How do you deal with that? How do you manage not feeling bad about not having kids? And... It's really about knowing yourself. If you feel bad about not having kids, then maybe you need to think more about why you don't want to have kids. Maybe you really do want to have kids. You just haven't found the right situation. If you feel bad about having kids because of other people, fuck them. Fuck everybody, okay? Because they're not going to be the ones they are raising the kid with you. And even if they are a grandparent, they still don't have the right to tell you how to live your life. I like. yeah. The people I like are people who, even though they don't have kids, understand the importance of their role in raising a generation that's younger than them. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're like, I'm going to be a guidance counselor. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean, like, I'm volunteering for the Boys and Girls Club. It doesn't necessarily mean, like, I'm going to be the godfather to your child, even though I don't know you. No. I mean, all of those things are great. (laughs) Can you imagine if somebody was like, I want to be the godfather? That was my, like, Marlon Brando slash, like, Suge Knight voice, kind of. Uh, Um, Basically, like, people who are conscious enough to understand that they can be effective and helpful and, like, a role in other people's lives, like, who have kids. You know, like, I know for me, for instance, I don't have kids. I'm not in a rush to have kids by any means. We'll We'll get to to that in the next segment. segment. But... I do understand that, like, whether I'm in a grocery store and a kid is getting yelled at that just in, in an incessant way or whether I am sending, you know, black dolls to my white friends' children um, just to ensure that they have a, a view of diversity from an early age or... Or whether it's volunteering to be, you know, a different voice in the presence of young people who are involved in different activities outside of, you know, their regular school. It's like I try to be as present in these different spaces where young people are as much as I can because I do feel like they have to be nurtured by everybody, right? Not by just their parents. You know how much it is to put on a parent that it's like this kid has to depend on literally you for. Everything that shapes them, that's, that's a lot. lot. That's a lot to expect of someone who simply gave birth to a human. Because we they, the kid lives in a world that's far beyond that parent. And so the reality is, though, these kids are definitely getting way more access to way more shit than just their parents. And that's why I think we have to be way more conscious as people who are not necessarily... A part of their individual lives of continuing to, con- to shape the context that's happening around them. I care about the media I put out. I care about the role that I play as a as an entertainer because I understand that I am a part of a society that also affects the next generation that's coming. And I want them to have somebody to look up to. You know, I'm not saying I'm flawless. I'm not saying that I'm, you know, that I don't have days where I could be an asshole. I absolutely do. And that's for everybody who loved to come on Instagram and be like, I heard Amanda Seals is an asshole. You're Right. Somebody you know might have met me on a day where I was an asshole. And then they might have met me on another day when I was an asshole. And you know what? They might have met me on a third day when I was an asshole. That doesn't mean I'm an asshole. That means that they have bad timing on when they meet me. (laughs) A fourth day, okay, Okay, I'm an asshole. Now, and also, by the way, some people be meeting you in asshole moments. You know what I mean? It'd be like, damn, you caught me at asshole moment 415 to 445. If you had talked to me at 448 when I had just heard my boo by so, social death based all source and my mood had changed, things, things would have been, been different. different. But I digress. The reality is that that whole phrase, it takes a village, that's real. We're still a village, and the village is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's getting more connected with this internet than it ever has been before. Your role in the village is not uh, irrelevant just because you didn't contribute to bringing a person into the village. You are still a part of what is going to be hunted and gathered and given to that person, whether it's in a nourishment way or or a negative way. What do you want it to be? What does it matter to you? It matters just in the sense of like... Your karma, it should matter in your conscience. It should matter just in the goodness of your heart. And the people I like are the people who consider what that is, who know that it matters, and who put forth effort in whatever way they can to being a part of creating the positivity and the nourishment and the growth that's going to affect not only them, but the individuals who are youth, who are the the next phase coming up to continue challenging all the fuck shit that's here in front of them. That last sentence was a doozy. I'm not even sure if I really got it out. So. In layman's terms, don't be a dick. There's kids that are counting on you. Even if they didn't come out your dick. That one time. So that one time is very... I mean, I am very fortunate that I don't have a mother who's like, when are you going to give me grandkids? Uh, I know a lot of people that have that mother. I don't have that mother. I feel like there's been a number of times, though, where I have women who are freezing their eggs, who are my friends, acquaintances, etc., And they almost, like, make me feel... They attempt to, like, make me feel like I'm not being responsible by choosing to not freeze my eggs. Like, there's almost a certain sense of, like, J-I-C, freeze them, J-I-C. And it's like, okay... Just in case is, like, oh, let me bring an extra outfit with me on on this trip just in case, like, something goes wrong or I go out. Like, that's just in case, okay? Like, just in case is, like, let me grab an extra ketchup packet, you know, because I may want to add some more ketchup to these fries. JIC. JIC is not let me inject myself with hormones for at least two weeks so that I can then grow eggs uh, unorganically in my body so that they can then be extracted and housed in a facility that I pay for. That is not a JIC. Okay, that is a very intentional decision that you make because you have decided that there is a very strong possibility that you want to have kids at a later date and you want to be sure that you can still have them even after your body is no longer viable. That is JIC, okay? And I feel like there's like even a percentage ratio that you can look at for JIC. Like if you are 60% 60% sure that you don't want kids, I feel like you're out the JIC range. You know? Like, you gotta, I feel like there's gotta be a majority in there for you to be like, yeah, let me do, do it. it. You gotta be six, at least 60% sure. Okay, 50%. You gotta be at least 50% sure, like, I'm not, I, I, I think I want kids. I'm not sure. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. That 50, that's your JIC. If you're anywhere over that mark, that should determine whether or not you're gonna go through all of that. I'm, You know what? I'm not even on the spectrum. Where I'm at is, if it happens, it It happens. happens. That's where I'm at. Rebecca's looking at me like I'm batshit crazy, okay? She's she's looking at me like we're in the car, and I'm like spinning donuts in front of the LAPD. No, No, I'm I'm spinning donuts in front of of society, society, Rebecca, okay? okay? She's a wild one. She's a wild one. She is a... (laughs) She is a loose cannon comic who don't play by the rules. All right? My own girl dated a guy who described himself as a loose cannon who doesn't play by the rules because he wanted to get, like, a a motorcycle. She was like, you want to get a motorcycle? She was like, isn't that unsafe? And he was like, well, I mean listen, you know, this is how I live my life. And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, I'm a loose cannon who doesn't play by the rules. And she was like, I mean, motorcycles are, they are legal. So they're still within the rules. I mean, there's like a whole license that you have to get. And he was a comic and he ended up like performing at Smart, Funny and Black. And when he came on stage, I brought him up by saying, coming to the stage is a loose cannon comic who doesn't play by the rules. <laughs> And that lets you know that friends talk to each other. Um, yeah, but no, Rebex. I really... I For real. Like, I really... For real. There's this... there's If I could literally just get to the place... If I could get to a zen space in all of my life that I've gotten to with having kids and I've gotten to with work, I would be unfucking touchable. Y'all would have to record me in the clouds. Okay? Because I'd be levitating on these hoes. Because that's really where I'm at. Like, when it comes to jobs... When I don't get a job or it doesn't feel right, I I, I am very zen about, like, it's just not for me. And I don't say that just to, like, make myself feel better. I really know that. It's It's just just not not for me. me. That's how I am with kids. Like, I literally am very, like, zen about... I mean, as I'm saying it, because you've now made me question myself, as I'm questioning myself, I'm like, no, no bitch, you really, really know, know what it is. is. I it, If it's for me, it's for me. If it's not, it's not. I have no question about it. None. I don't even know why or how I have that level of zen within me. Um, I think partially it's because I am in touch with the universe. Uh, I think it's also because I'm very in touch with myself. And I asked my mom, I was like, Mom, why do you think that, like, I'm not so pressed about having kids. And she was like, because I think you know yourself. And so you have a clarity about like where you are and you're just not there. And that's, and you're fine with that. And I know friends, I know people who are in that same way. And I know people who've gotten to that place about like having a man in order to have kids who are just like, I've got to this place where I understand that I want kids. I understand that I don't need to be in a committed relationship to have that. And that's like, A really liberating place to reach, man. I feel very liberated to be 37 going on 38 and not unsure. And knowing that, like, if I'm 45, I'm like, damn, I do want a baby. There's hella babies. (laughs) There's, like, hella babies out here, dog. Hella babies that, like, don't have a shot. They don't have a shot. They don't stand a chance. I ain't saying I'm a Josephine Baker to shit up. And have, like, a Benetton ad in my apartment or in my house. But there are hella kids out here who don't stand a chance. As my mother always said, these These kids don't stand a chance. Which brings us to Lando. You know, Lando's making noise right now. The entire room just turned their heads like, oh, my God, Lando. Like, some of us are pet parents, okay? And that's a thing. And unless you have a pet, like, I know people who are listening that have kids are like, it is not a thing. And it's like, yes, it is. Because some of us, like, that is the extent to which we can give to caring for another being, okay? Caring for another person is a huge, ginormous responsibility and undertaking. And there has been this trickery that has been delivered into the society that says that you just have to have a baby. And it's like, no, you You have have to raise raise a a fucking adult. adult. Do you know how hard it is to do that? Especially in a society that doesn't respect the immensity of that task. People just focus on this baby shit. The baby is uh, some would say the easiest part because it can't talk back to you, it can't walk away from you. Like it's like that's the that's the part where you have the most control, you know. And so this thought process that says like you know oh like having kids is no big deal. You God bless you. If it's that easy for you, kudos to fucking you. Kudos. Maybe maybe like because that's how I feel about like. Stand up and people are like, what? Stand up is ridiculously difficult. difficult. Oh, my God. And I'm like, "Ah, it's not not that that deep deep for me. So maybe that's how you feel about kids. I'm like, what? That's crazy. And you're like, I mean, just like make sure that they're like healthy and fulfilled and fed. How hard is that? For some people, that's a really hard thing to do for for another person. For most people, that's hard to do for themselves. themselves. Okay? And then we have a lot of people who have babies and people, they have children that they bring into this world with a job. That person is coming into the world with a fucking job. Literally, like, I need this person to come into the world to make me feel whole. I need this person to come in the world to make my relationship work. I need this person to come into the world to become the next golf phenom. You know? And it's like, it's just, it's it's a lot. So I take it very seriously, my thought process upon which, like, what my role is in that. Now, Are there people like Michael Scott, who was on one of our episodes of of this show, who have made it very clear to me that I'm gonna have a baby? I'm like, how do you know this? He's like, I just do. I've seen it, I've pictured it. I'm like, you pictured a a, a cranium uh, emerging from my vagina? And he's like, I didn't, uh, I, I mean, okay, I've skipped that slide, but I did see the human. I had a psychic tell me I'm gonna have a baby. So maybe that's part of, like, why I have this, like, calmness, because maybe, like, somewhere in the deep-seatedness of my cerebellum, like, somewhere around my cerebral cortex, there's, like, this little voice that's like, it's all good because you're going to have one, trust me. But I don't really listen to that voice. What I do listen to is the voice of objectivity that's like, you don't know what's going to happen, and you're cool with that. So to all my friends out there and all my people out there who have friends who are like, freeze your, your eggs. eggs, freeze, freeze your, your eggs. eggs. I know that you're coming from a good place and I know that you're coming from an intentional place of like just wanting to look out for your sisterhood, etc. Or you might be coming from a place of wanting someone else to freeze their eggs so it it doesn't make you feel (laughs) like extra for freezing yours. But you're not extra for doing something that felt right for you. And if you had the means to do it, by all means. And if you worked at Walgreens long enough so you can get them to cover that, then you were very smart because Walgreens insurance will cover IVF if you work there for six months. This is something I learned. I don't know if it's still true, but it was true. But if you are somebody like me, who just doesn't want to freeze your eggs, don't feel like you got to give people an explanation. Don't feel like you got to, you know, tell people like, I don't want to have a baby because da 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 It's actually nobody's fucking business. It ain't your business. Mind your business. Ooh. It ain't your business. Mind your business. Side note, one of, the greatest ad, uh, one of the greatest samples of all time is when Timberland sampled the baby on the Your Love is a One in a Million record by the late great Aaliyah. Uh, If you listen to it, there's a baby going, ah. It's also interesting because that's one of my sexy time songs. So I feel like his thought process was like, let's put a baby in here because this is baby making music. While we're talking about not having children, some songs that you maybe shouldn't have sex to. Jodeci, forever my lady. He literally starts. So you having my baby? It's just not a good idea. Another song, one twelve. We can, can do it, do it anywhere. anywhere. Listen, if you're doing it anywhere, and you're not on the pill, there's a good chance that you're creating more opportunities to get impregnated. Because if anywhere is the uh, basically the bottom line for you and your sexy time, that means that there's just a lot of options. Anywhere? (laughs) And when there's a lot of options, that also means condoms might not be available at all times. So if you're not on that pill, and you're listening to We Can Do It Anywhere, you might get knocked up somewhere. A song you should listen to. Trey songs, make make them say, ah, "Ah." what that song is saying is that nut in their mouth. Uh, And that is a very safe way, uh, a very helpful way. Now, I'm not saying the pull-out technique is foolproof, but let's just be honest with each other. We're all doing it. Um, And uh, (laughs) we're all getting periods that we maybe don't deserve. But the reality is, is that make them say, ah is the thought process that lets just nut in the mouth. And also, it's just cleaner, okay? It's just a cleaner cleanup. I'm not saying you got to swallow the shit, but there's some of y'all out here getting nut on your back and your stomach. I'm just like, <laughs> that's a lot of... Uh, this, this podcast just become Not Safe for Work, and my mother just stopped listening to this episode, but... Another song you could possibly listen to is SWV's "Rain," which is not about precipitation, but which is actually about ejaculation. Uh, the song that goes sometimes it starts as a misty rain that simply touches my soul. It cools a fire that burns in within, and I simply lose control. "Rain down on on me. Let your love just shower me. Just rain on me." They were not about the quick cleanup. Okay, and I hope whatever situation they were in, it was taking place in a shower because it's just a lot of spewage. Yeah, if you are a young person and you're listening to this, understand that you should not be having sex until you are mentally prepared for having sex, and until you are absolutely prepared for children, because sex begets children for most people. I know that there's people that get amazed that they get pregnant, and I'm like, you no, know, you're, you're fucking, fucking right. <laughs> That's like a whole thing that happens typically. So there's that. The last. Dose. I'm going to wrap it up. I still wrap it up when I have sex because I don't want to have kids yet unless it happens. In which case I feel like I'm at an age where I'm too old to terminate a pregnancy within my own consciousness of being cool with it. I'm not saying that's the rule for everybody else, but at this age, for me personally, Amanda, if I had an abortion, I'd be like, come on, yo, Really? It's It's a miracle you even got pregnant. pregnant. I think I've also worked out that because I got my period late, maybe my uterus will operate late, too. (laughs) Doing math that doesn't exist. Not having children, I think, is a decision. And I don't think it needs to be made for you by society. I think it needs to be made for you by you. And if you're in a committed relationship with the person you're with. It's an important thing. This is a very major part of adulthood. And when you are setting forth in new relationships, at a certain point, I think it's very important to make it clear where your head is. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like outside of that, you don't owe anybody a true explanation of like why you decide to not or or decide to have kids. Other Outside of the simple fact that like, when you do have a child, you know that you are going to be depended on A lot for everything. And my mom always says, you never stop being a parent. There's this idea that says when the kid moves out the house at 18 that, oh, it's going to just all of a sudden be that you're not responsible. But then my mom points out that that doctor who killed Michael Jackson, his mom was at the court hearing because you You never never stop being a parent. parent. And you always apparently they say that when you do have kids, you never sleep the same. Because there's always a certain level of awakeness that you have to have. Am I still calling my mother at 1230? Yes, Yes, I am. am. Is that inconsiderate? Yes, it is. is. Am I her child? Yes, Yes. I am. And so does inconsideration have a different rate for us? Yes. And anybody who says that it doesn't is full of shit. We all know that our consideration level with our parents is very different than with everybody else. Because we're like, I mean, you made me. I know there's a lot of us that like when our mom doesn't answer the phone, we're just like, how? What could you possibly be doing right now? It's 930 on a Tuesday. How are you not answering this phone? What do you mean you're out? Out? In the backyard? Again, I digress. I've had a lot of digressions this episode. I think this world would just be like really great and in a better place if a lot of it was operating on what's best for ourselves individually. and thinking about that based in a but ba- but basing what's best for ourselves individually not in a selfish way but in a self-aware way and we've talked about selfish versus self-aware in the past and when it comes to not having children it really becomes about that about being self-aware about what you can really give to someone else because that's what's going to happen when you have a kid and being self-aware about your role in this space of society and how you can be most effective outside of just simple stuff like having a baby if you're not having children, you can still be a part of raising kids and making this world a better place for the next generation. If you are having children, I hope that you're understanding of the fact that, you know what, that doesn't make you special, okay? And it doesn't make you better than anybody else who's decided not to have kids. It makes you somebody who used your body for a choice, and hopefully you have people around you who can help nurture that choice that you made with nature.